This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Hey, bro, what's the Connected Experience? Uh, the Connected Experience is a lifestyle. It's a podcast. It's us connecting people with each other so they can do business and hope that their business grow. And it's just everything in between. So what up? You got a book? You got a term? I definitely got a term. And it's definitely always I try to make my term based on our guests. My term is disc jockey. A disc jockey is a person who selects, plays, and announces res- records at the disco. <laughs> They still disco and fam. I guess it will be a disco. It's so, a party. A, a disc uh, you know jockey. What I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, short for DJ. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that that's what a DJ is, a disc jockey. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And that's crazy that people don't know that. I got a term, too. My term is creative. And it's relating to or involving the imagination or original ideas, especially in th- the production of music and artistic work. Yeah. So the reason that yours is disc jockey yeah. and mine is creative, because we got a friend of ours. Yeah. And... A creative. A creative, man. Disc jockey. You're right. We got a creative (laughs) disc jockey, but he's so much more than that, man. And we want to introduce the world and everybody listening to uh, DJ DDT. What's up, DDT? How you doing? Yo, what up? So introduce yourself. Just give people a quick rundown real quick. Uh, My name is, uh, as you heard, DJ DDT. Um, I do consider myself a creative. Um, I'm a DJ producer, uh, recording engineer. Yeah. um, Photographer, videographer, yeah. um, window washer, <laughs> babysitter, dog walker. Just all the regular creative. life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I do it creatively. Yeah, so like for people who never heard of D, uh, DDT, DDT is a staple in the Detroit and hip-hop scene across the world. Uh, so tell us how it was growing up in Detroit for you. Uh, it was, I guess you can say it was hard. Um, grew up on the east side of Detroit. Um how many? Oh, <laughs> nine kids. Uh, my my family was at first seven kids. Yeah. Um, my dad remarried and had two more. So where but do you fall in line? I that? was the baby of the first seven. Oh, okay, okay. Um, you know, not a lot of money. Uh, grew up uh, like most black families, but I think our difference was we had both our parents in the house. Yeah, where uh, where where about on the east side? Hell, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Wayburn and uh like the Warren area. Yeah. Uh Copland and Canfield, uh Lake Point in Southampton. Uh where else? Now growing all up over. in all them different neighborhoods, is that kinda how you got like popular as a kid or like nah. even as an adult do you see like well damn i remember him from this neighborhood when we was little and that neighborhood when we was little i was never popular <laughs> like at all yeah. even at, like even in high school i was i was in the margin band yeah what, what instrument drums yeah uh i was like lead snare but even then i was known as the dude that hung with fred yeah, who's Fred? <laughs> it's my best friend. Yeah. But you know, it, yeah. everybody is everybody in, that went to Finney High knew Fred. They yeah. didn't know me. Yeah. They oh. knew Fred. Yeah. So I was the dude that hung with Fred. So let's talk about growing up. You said you um so you said the family life was you were the baby of seven and then your pops remarried and had two other kids. So yeah. like so being a baby, you said both of the parents was in the household. That was all the way up until what age? When did he remarry? Um, I was seventeen. Oh, okay. okay so yeah. you was yeah, you was. A, yeah. So how how was growing up being a baby of seven? That's a lot of kids, man. Was that a lot of kids for back then though? 
Kinda, kinda a little bit. Yeah, we're yeah. like in the middle. Okay, yeah, because right. it's between um, back then, probably between like between like six and fifteen people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, people, yeah, people had yeah, having yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. So yeah. How, how was being a baby? It was. I was very protected. Okay. And looking back, I don't know how much of a good thing that was. Okay. But I was I was very protected. So when did you, I see that you was a DJ? You started DJing at age five. So when did you start discovering music? Like if, yeah. if, if at age five you jumped on the turntables, what did you discover? Actually, music? I was about two. My dad had a bunch of forty fives just saved up for me and gave me all these forty fives. So at two, I started playing records in the house. Yeah. Um, by age five, I was like my parents would leave on the weekends and do stuff on the weekends. And they had to get away from them seven kids. <laughs> yeah. So it's, and then my the, my brother next to me is eight years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was five, he's thir- was that for thirteen? Yeah, yeah, thirteen. The baby for real. So all of them were like partying. <laughs> right. Hard. Yeah, yeah. This is what. So this is like when rap is just coming to, or like. So. Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. This is a, this is before rap. Uh, well, this is before rap reached to reach Detroit. Right. Right. Because rap was actually created a year before I was born. Okay, okay. Or I say hip-hop was created a year before I was born. By then, Rapper's Delight was around, and maybe the breaks. Do yeah. you remember when you first heard them songs? Being a DJ at five, like, do you remember when you first heard I was that? probably four or five when I first <laughs> heard them, and um, there wasn't much difference because it was all funk. Yeah. Everything in that, like, my household was jazz, funk, soul, um, like, Motown. Motown, like all of, all of that. Yeah. So uh, Rapper's Delight and the breaks just fell right in. You know what I mean? Even rock. We used to, yeah. like, I still remember as a kid having rock lobster on 45. Okay. Yeah. Now, you said something interesting. You said that your father was saving these records for you. So was he involved in music somehow? Yeah, actually. Okay. He, he was a drummer, and then he worked uh, at, at a bar in Chicago where all... Famous people came. Yeah. So he was in like the house band in Chicago. He wasn't in the band. He oh, was, he just he worked was, there. Yeah, he just worked there. He was one of the uh, barbacks or or I don't even say barbacks, but he was in the, he was just, he just worked there, but everybody knew him. Yeah. Like famous, like uh, I'm talking like when Dick Gregory was doing nothing but comedy. Yeah. Dick Gregory knew my, my dad. Yeah. As uh, Roosevelt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so is he from Chicago? My dad? Yeah. No, my dad's from Mississippi. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, my dad and my mother were born and raised in Mississippi. They both end up in Chicago without even knowing each other. Yeah, and that's crazy because <laughs> a lot of people migrate that from way. From Mississippi, yeah. they go to Chicago, and then from Georgia, they come to Detroit. So yep. that's kind of crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah. But while my dad was there, uh, a fun fact, my brother that's eight years older than me was named by uh, a famous woman. Uh, a famous actress named Shelley Winters. Yeah. I don't know if y'all remember her, but uh, oh, what movie was that? No, that name sounded really familiar. Like I want to say Cleopatra Jones or um, another black exploitation movie. She was the white lady who played the villain. Yeah. And she ended up naming my brother after her husband. Her husband, which was a famous guy named Danny Kaye. Yeah. So, so your older brother named Danny. My old, yeah, my older brother named Danny. Well, one yeah. of his older brothers. Yeah, yeah one <laughs> other, yeah, the, the one next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So after you, um, you DJing at five, it's funk, it's rock, it's yeah. all of that, and then boom, like rap come. Yeah. Like, how did that change your whole outlook on everything? It changed. What's crazy is it changed a lot, 
And I don't even know. Well, I would say, I was about to say I didn't know how it got to me, but it definitely got to me from one of my older brothers. Yeah. Um, there was just a difference with the music. And yeah. I gravitated to that difference. Um, I'm one of those personalities that gravitates toward the the one thing that everybody else ignores. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was the one thing. Because Detroit was not a rap-oriented right. city it was, it was for a, years. Yeah, Detroit was a... Um, it was R&B house, oriented. Techno, house it, techno and R&B. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know too many people from Detroit who hasn't or doesn't own an Anita Baker album. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's basically a, a wrong thing if you don't. <laughs> right. But that's what Detroit was. Like you said, house, R&B, uh, and techno. Well, And then a lot of people don't know either that uh, I think it's a band called Def. They actually helped Def, create yeah. uh, rock and roll, death metal, actually. like Death metal and uh, uh, punk rock. Yep, punk rock. And yeah. I had watched that, um, documentary. that documentary on Netflix, and that's crazy how the yeah. kids is touring, getting paid off of it right now yeah. to this day. But yeah, that's so Detroit responsible for a yeah. lot of different music. People have to realize rock and roll is, is still a black music. Yeah, it's still ours. Yeah, it's still you ours. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was a, a big part of it. That was, you know, that was on between that funk and rock line. Yeah. Because you know they was I mean? cold, actually, though. I had went yeah. back and listened to some of their stuff. They was cold. They just... It was just loud. Yeah, it was just loud. If you go back and listen to um, George Clinton stuff before he got to Detroit, when he was still in New Jersey, yeah. it was more rock-oriented, but it was funky as hell. Yeah. Right, right. So, bam. Uh, so, what year did you graduate high school, if you don't mind? 92. Okay, so 92. So, where are you at on the hip-hop spectrum as being a DJ, because you are a DJ, a producer, an engineer. Like, so when did your career start? In I was playing all the stuff that nobody wanted to hear. Yeah, because I was rap oriented, and Detroit is not. Yeah, Detroit wanted to hear SOS band, and you know, the the rap that did slide through in '92. It was far and few, and it sounded like R and B. Right. Yeah. I was still listening. I was listening to Tri-Car Quest De La Soul. Okay. Yeah, okay. Nobody wanted to, except me and my best. <laughs> nobody wanted to hear Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul in Detroit. And if you if you do, you either lying or you were one of the very few. Right. But that's where I was in '92. So would you say that you broke a Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul in Detroit? I wouldn't say I broke it because nobody knew me. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, at the same time, I was DJing house parties. I would play what everybody else wanted to hear, which in ninety, you know, ninety one, ninety two was um, booty bass and techno. Yeah, I you know of course I loved it. I'm from the east side, but that's what everybody wanted to hear when we, when I did DJ party. So that's what I played. But when you know when I can slide in a De La Soul and when I can slide in a uh, you know Karis One or, or Boogie Down Productions, I do that. Yeah. Okay, so now we in ni- the '90s. Now rapping the '90s for us was a little different because I would say we started. We actually started rapping in the '90s. And, yeah, uh, about '92. Yeah, it's about '92. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so we was born in '82. So. About ninety one, ninety two, because we was about we we say we was nine, so about ninety one, and it was like it, we was NWA out. Like, how did you? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I loved it, NWA. That was, see, that was the thing about me. I loved so much music. Yeah, that I like my cousin would bring, and this is I'm thinking eighty seven, eighty eight. Uh, my cousin would bring mixtapes with a lot of. Uh, Luke Skywalker, Two Live Crew. Yeah. Before it reached Detroit. Yeah. 
we heard all that on mixtape. Yeah, I was where was your cousin that. coming from? You say he would bring him. So where was he coming from? He's from the east side, but he just had people that would. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just get traveling. Him. He getting yeah. it. He getting it. Yeah. So I, you know, that kind of thing resonated with me because it was something different and something new, and I loved it. Same thing with uh, with NWA. I think I had a friend of the family play me some NWA, and it was uh, what was the first one? Eight ball and, yeah, and, and easy, uh, easy, easy. Got yeah, the eight easy ball roller. It, it, it um, was actually NWA and the posse back then. Yeah. It was NWA and the posse. Eight ball was one of the joints. Um, I want to say either gangster, gangster, or NWA or dope man. It was dope man. Yeah, dope man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Panic Zone was on the other side. So yeah. with Panic Zone, that was a, a techno record. Yeah. So of course, you know, it fit right in with what you're doing. Fit right in. So you know, I resonated with that. You know, I, I I was fascinated by the gangster element, though. Yeah. See, we got up on, like, Tribe Called Quest and all that pretty late. I, the first Tribe Called Quest song I can actually re- vividly remember is I Left My Wallet at Al Segundo. That was their first single. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess oh, we was wasn't late as we man. thought. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. their first single. That was my shit, too. Yeah, yeah. see, my but cousin for, used to listen. Like, I got a cousin named Gator. He used to listen to that all that East Coast shit. Yeah, Tribe Called Quest. That was his shit. Then I had a cousin named Black. He was on that West Coast gangster shit, and we hung with around Black more because yeah. we we all from Inkster, but Gator from Rummy. So we was with Black more. So we took to that, and then we listened to Tribe Called Quest shit with the other cousin. Like, cuz put that NWA on, yeah. yo, fuck with that. See, for me, for me, it, it was East Coast first because there was no West Coast. Yeah. Right, right. I was twelve in eighty six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was listening to KRS. I mean, not KRS. I keep saying KRS one, but it was actually Boogie Down Productions. Yeah. So I was listening to Boogie Down. I was listening to, to the Juice Crew. No, Slick Rick wasn't. Well, no, he was around, but he was with Dougie Fresh, so it was called Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh Crew. Right. I was listening to all of that in '86. You know, '87, '88. '88 is when NWA and All Them came around. Yeah. Uh, Ice T. We knew about Ice T from Reckless. He didn't get gangster till like '87. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Because he was break dancing and shit. Uh, yeah, because he didn't call that. Yeah, break yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Like he yeah. called that. He what was that movie? Was it Beat Street or Breaking? And breaking. He, yeah, he yeah. was in that. Yeah, he was in it, but he wasn't breaking in it. Okay, he was okay. actually the MC. He was doing the song Reckless in the movie. Okay, okay, yeah. But uh, but before that, uh, hell, even I can go back to '84 when I was ten when Beat Street came out. Yeah, what's crazy is the one that I missed was '83, um, '82, '83. What movie was that? Uh, yeah, shit, we just was here. Oh, Wild Style, yeah, we just, <laughs> yeah. we just had got here. We just got. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Style didn't reach Detroit because hip hop didn't reach Detroit. Right. You know what I mean? We all we knew was Rappers Delight and the breaks. Right. And and possibly the message by then. But, yeah. Um. So eighty three, I missed um, Wild Style. Eighty four, I caught breaking, and everybody caught breaking. It was a bigger, yeah, on the big scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's where my hip hop comes from. All of that. East Coast, East Coast, East Coast. Right. So by the time ninety two came around, you were already really an established DJ. You've been DJing damn near your whole life by this point. I was established, but only I said, but you knew what you was doing. I like, knew what, what I was doing, yeah. yeah everybody but, else was just getting started as deep like you probably right. bumping into DJs throughout the journey and they like, Yeah, I started in ninety six or whatever. And yeah. you're like, Yeah, by ninety six, I'm damn near twenty <laughs> years in, dog. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So let's talk about Detroit rap in the nineties, cause now we talking um we got Eshine, we got Prince Vince, we got Merciless Amir, we yeah. got uh, 
high early nineties though, because Kier Rock, like, yeah, like yeah. Uh, the hip hop shop, like just the whole nineties. Like, so once you really, when did you discover for real Detroit rap? Like, because, and the reason we asking you this because. Hands down, you had to break the most Detroit records in history. Like straight up, like no, like when <laughs> you think about it, though, with what's next on the menu, you played so many records first, and now at that point, you DDT. So I, I played a lot, but I I don't know how much um, Mark the Spark played. Oh, wow, I forgot about Mark the Spark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much. You know what I mean? Between yeah. he and I, I don't yeah, know yeah, who okay, played yeah. more. I yeah, I forgot about him. So, but but where basically I, where I first discovered. Detroit rap was probably 85, 86. It was a uh, a duo named Felix and Jarvis. Felix and Jarvis. <laughs> well, listen, this is what's crazy, right, bro? I got a partner named Jarvis, and on everything, his little brother name is Felix. His little brother name is Felix, bro. I bet their parents knew about this. <laughs> I don't know, because that sounds so crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So where were they from? They were from the east side? I don't, I don't know where they were from, but I saw them on TV. Detroit had a TV, st- a black-owned TV station. Channel 62, it was WGPR, yeah, and it was black-owned, and there were, you know, different... It was different shows, because what yeah. did we used to watch on there? Not the Y'all probably show. watched, yeah. It was, it the, was, scene. We, the Scene. The Scene. Y'all wanted enough to see The Scene? Yeah. And then they used because to do The Gumby. My, my, uh, my <laughs> grandma was married to somebody else, and his son was on there rapping before it. So that's how we got up on it. Wow. She like, he like, oh, my son gonna be yeah, on and TV. they was on there doing The Gumby. I'll never forget <laughs> that. Because yeah. the, the Scene, it used to be like a, a competition or something? Was no. That like, it, was, it was The New Dance Show before The New Dance Show. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that, though. I remember watching that. Being yeah, The Scene was... Um, was uh, created by a guy named Nat Morris and uh, another guy named R.J. Watkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.J. Watkins ended up doing the New Dance Show, okay. but the scene was before that, and they would have guest um, artists on there performing, and they would have the dancers dancing, you know, in between while the DJ was playing records. Yeah, and uh, Felix and Jarvis, like years down, because the show was there for years, for a long time, <laughs> yeah. like since the seventies. Yeah. Um, by the time it reached the mid '80s, Felix and Jarvis did an intro for it. Um, I wish I remember how the intro went, but it, you know that's why that's where I uh, discovered them. And then they had a single called "Flamethrower Rap," um, which is interestingly enough uh, a sample from a Detroit group called Jay Giles Band, which is a rock group. Yeah, they had a song called "Flamethrower." Felix and Jarvis sampled it and did "Flamethrower flame Rap." Yeah. But yeah, that's you know, like I said, eighty five, eighty six. That's where I discovered them. Okay. So not being a DJ, did you used to get involved in the DJ battles and stuff like that? Yep. Yeah, you used first to one. I was uh, fourteen years old. My <laughs> first battle, I was fourteen years old, and I came in fourth place. I think it was probably like twelve DJs there. Yeah. And so who who, like who did you, who came in first that time? Uh, I'm trying to remember his name because the guy ended up dying. Um. Like years later, yeah. Chainsaw, I, I ain't hit. Yeah, I, chain, hit I think it was Chainsaw. Now nah, it we, was at. Uh, I don't remember the name. Of the, it, at one point, it was called Club Vogue. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the East Side Club. Okay, so at, when you came in fourth place, like, did you? How did you feel? Like, because you was young when you was like, was they all older DJs? I like, was actually cool. Yeah, they all older DJs. <laughs> yeah, so like cool. I said, I was fourteen. I wasn't even supposed to be in the club. Right, yeah. right. So I was kind of cool with it because I, I, you know, I felt like I did something because yeah. I just beat a bunch of older DJs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, so who actually took you to the competition? I think somebody just told me about it, and I walked in. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I you know, 
I was like, and it's the carrying records day, so yeah, like, yeah, you had to make sure that they were telling the truth, like they really up, <laughs> they really up there DJ, let me grab my yeah. shit. So, um, how many competitions would you say you did throughout your uh, DJ career? Not very many. I probably did one after that, and I don't remember anything about it because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't the first one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know DJ Lynn Swine is a good friend of ours, and he's a he's a battle. That's DJ. my dude. Yeah, Lynn yeah. Swine to jump on yeah. the turn. and we ain't know how serious it was when we first had met him because everybody like, yeah, he was the best battle DJ, uh, and then serious. we seen him work it out before, and we like. Okay, yeah, that's that that's yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he a different animal, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Lance Wine serious. doing real good though. I think he uh in the Navy, you know what yep. I'm saying? He doing real good. So let's talk about the hip hop shop days. Like yeah. how was the hip hop shop days for you? Crazy. It was it was dope. It was something I wish uh did not end. Uh I was actually brought into that by proof. Proof. Oh, okay. Um now proof in real life, he seemed to be like the nucleus of a lot he was. of bringing like a lot of things together. He was. That you know and that was one of the reasons we would call we were calling him the mayor even before he died and that was one of the reasons. He he connected too many people. Yeah. So how did you how did you first meet Proof? Uh I think I met him at the shelter. Yeah. At, at St. Andrews. And actually it wasn't we weren't even on the, in the shelter in the basement. We were on the first floor. Okay. This is when the the uh Friday night was the hip hop night on the first floor. Yeah. yeah. Um and I don't even know how I got to do it, but I ended up just walking on, you know, the stage where where uh, House Shoes was and asking, can I get on? And from then, you know, I just, you know, connected myself to everybody. Proof saw me as one of the DJs, um, you know, respected me for it and told me to come down to the hip hop shop, you know, introduced me to a couple people there and. You know, the ball started rolling. So you see some epic battles at the hip-hop shop, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On top of that, like, at the same time, I went to high school with one of the guys that was in D12. Okay. Uh, his name is IQ. Yeah. Nobody knows where this, this guy is. And he was <laughs> – this is how ill he was. There was a time, and I don't know if I should be telling the story, but there was a time where Proof, IQ, and Eminem would call each other every night and just – Back and forth with, with with verses. This is what I wrote. This is what I wrote, and it was crazy because every night they ended up writing something so similar, and they were all equally as dope as each other. Right, right. And like proof would end up bringing me on the, some of the phone calls. I'm pretty <laughs> right. sure he did a few people like that, but he would bring me into some of these calls, or, or you know, at least one or two. Right. And then he, you know, it's crazy because he did the same thing with me and and, uh, and JD. Well, everybody knows him as Jay Diller, but yeah. back then he was JD. He would, you know, he would call me from JD's house. I'm like, who the hell is Maureen Yancey? Yeah, <laughs> right. Looking at the car, <laughs> looking at the call ID. Yeah, like, who yeah. is this? And, and you know, but it was just different stuff like that. Is what proof would do. And IQ, um, like I said, he went to high, I went to high school with IQ. IQ asked me to check out Eminem one day, which is crazy because he and Proof were. Ended up being always together, but um, that's how I got connected with all of them. Is is proof connected you to Jay Dilla as well? Because these is all East Side people, right? So these are people that which is crazy that you I, I would think that you would see like it was it wasn't a direct connection or an immediate connection. Like I said, he would just be calling me from JD's house, right? Um, I really I think I met Jay Dilla twice. Yeah, oh, okay. And like we really didn't kick it. It was just like what's up. Right, that was right. about it. But um. I think I probably 
like T three is the guy that I ended up being closer to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your relationship with Esham if you had one? I don't. I probably met him a couple of times. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy to me. Well, yeah. they, well, they from the Finney side, though. Eshawn went to Osborne. He went to Osborne. Oh, right? yeah, so that's yeah, a, yeah. That's a big that's a neighborhood. Yeah. That's yeah. A, uh, but he was a little older than me. Yeah. Okay, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm When I was 13, 14, we were bragging that we had somebody from the east side. Doing their thing. But we were happy that we had somebody from the east side doing their thing. Yeah. Well, everybody, if they listen to the show, they know exactly what I'm about to say. Eshawn is our favorite, bro. Like, we got to yeah. interview Eshawn, bro, and he gave us, he gave us one. I I send that one to you too, but Eshan, he told us a bunch of stories. Cause Dead Flower, we feel like Dead Flower shaped what music became with them samples and stuff. And people be like, they they try to act like they never heard it. And I'm like, oh, he was yeah, he was cold. Yeah, like yeah, come on, bro. Like, he was cold. It was an artist that I read in a magazine that was from the D and was like, I never heard Eshan before. And I'm like, I, I, I can't, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, like that. here's what's crazy: there are a bunch of people everywhere that don't do research. Dog heard of them. Yeah, for we sure. know for sure. Like, we tell you off the air who was. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know. So, that was some. Yeah, we know why okay. he said that. And we, well, once we tell you who, you'll be like, ah, okay, that's why yeah. He said okay. It. You feel but, what I'm saying? So, Hater. Yeah, plus my cousin, the East Side nigga, and the West Side nigga, and they used to be together every day. And yeah, my cousin loves each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, y'all already know. Yeah. So, y'all was looking at him with the twisty face there. Yeah, like, Because it be like that. Yeah, but when we tell you, we go, you go laugh about it. But I just was like, you can't do that on a national level because then that make you trying to belittle my man's and yeah. everybody know that he had it on he did his thing he, he was the first he was the, the first to go yeah <laughs> yeah i mean but to go as far as he went he was the first yeah so can't nobody knock anything you yeah. know and nothing that's, that's what we tell people that's why we always like anytime we get any national shine or anything and they ask us why did we even what do we consider? Yeah. Why do we consider rapping? We like Eshan. They were independent. Like, he took on the name Bruce Wayne, and that was like so fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I never even <laughs> thought about it like that, but yeah. So you make this connection with Proof, Proof plugging everybody in because yeah. it seemed like he was like the nucleus of everything. You go to the hip hop shop, you see some legendary battles. Could you tell us about some of those legendary battles? You could leave out names, and we could probably figure it out, but like. You didn't know that I, I, it was a legendary battle at the time. At the time, no. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll say the name T the Pimp. It's, it's still my boy. Yeah, yeah. You know that's my man. Still yeah, my dude. My man, he, yeah. he'll, t- he'll talk about it himself. But there was one battle where Proof spelled out his name. And Proof is, like, notorious for this. Like, there's a bunch of songs um, where Proof used names as acronyms. He did, he did it in 8 Mile. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he used his own name as an acronym. But uh, he battled... T the pimp, and he said, P-I-M-P, proof is my pappy. <laughs> the crowd went crazy? The crowd went crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was stuff like that. And yeah. then um, the, the battle where Eminem was like, you know, go back and tell everybody you got beat by a honky. I forgot who he was battling, but, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I and these turned that. out to be epic battles. Yeah. Just, we, we, the crazy thing is we had another cousin who was really Dante. In, Dante. He yeah. was like real earthy, hip hoppy. And he like, I'm going to take you all to the hip hop shop, son. But we so West Coast. Oh, we like, nigga, ain't nobody. We little kids. <laughs> like, they love y'all up there. We just never got to go, man. And when when we see people that we know yeah, from that era, he, we like, they'd be like, the hip hop shop, we like, dog, we was that close. Yeah. Because we would have just been like the cutoff point where, because we were so young, everybody would have been paying attention. Yep. And that would have got our skills real. Because, we come. What was it? Yeah, we we've been on the Detroit rap scene for a long time, and we go talk about 
what's next on the menu because what's next on the menu that show opened up a lot of doors for everybody man they yeah, actually yeah. need that back you know what i'm saying yeah. some form of that so how did what's next on the menu come about because if pe- this is where people in our age range because in hip-hop years we old you know what i'm saying <laughs> like me and my brother are because we yeah. started so young but then here's what's crazy rap- i i had a i had a dude tell me that they thought stretch money was old yeah and this is how yeah, quite a few young people <laughs> think, think. Yeah. So And that's crazy. That's retarded to me. Like that is insane, but that that's that's exactly where it is. Yeah. So like how did how did how did what's next on the menu get developed? Like was that your brainchild or Nah, that? actually that was the program director's idea. Who KJ yeah, KJ Holiday. Okay. Rest okay. in peace. He um he just came up with the idea, wanted to do local music, came up with the with the name of it. Um he wanted it to be me, him, Kim James, MC Search, and TJ, the yeah, trouble man. Yeah, yeah. He TJ to trouble some juvenile. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted all of us to be there every Saturday. Um, and I was gung-ho for it. Like, okay, if y'all going to do it, y'all got to do it. I, I got kind of kind of frustrated because, like, after the second, third. Everybody week, ain't show up. Nobody showed up at, well, except at, me and TJ. At first it was uh, you had a segment, uh, DDT's New Music Report. Yeah. yeah that so. was actually after What's Next on the Me. Was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So was, It was probably like a month or two after, but okay, it was, but it was that, like that right after. Jumped around. So, yeah. So do you remember the first song you ever played on What's Next on the Menu? Nah, I don't. That'd be dope if you could go back and see. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> That'd be dope. I'm sure that they they still have archives. Yeah, but I I, I probably won't uh, get in touch with the right people at JLB. So how did you discover radio? Just they ain't trying to hire me back or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different entity now. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I wanted it. I, I it's crazy because I was going to try to pursue going back, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's I'm way, still up it's in the air about it. Mad corporate now, you know. Yeah, exactly. So how did you discover radio? Like, when did you know, like, I want to do radio? Like, when did I you- didn't, actually. I uh, took a radio class. Uh, I took a communications class in high school. Um, and I, it was the radio and TV side of it. And I didn't even go to the TV side. I ended up standing in the radio <laughs> side. Um, because at the time, I was rapping and DJing. Oh, you was rapping? What was your rap name? It was still DDT. Okay, okay, okay. But I was rapping and DJing, and me and my best friend wanted to know more about just the entertainment business, period. Right. right. So that was the first thing we could get to. That was the class we took. And, you know, I ended up being an intern at JLB and just, just took off from, from there. there. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So from an intern to a radio show. Now, when was the first time you discovered producing? I was probably a lot younger. Yeah. Maybe... Uh, 16, 17. And did that come from playing records? Had been playing it came records from, so long? It came from playing records. It came from hearing all the rap music and saying in my head, I could do that. Yeah. Because I was already rapping, but yeah. I'm like, you know, I could, I should be able to make beats too. I, you know, I got it in me. So this is so crazy. You've been playing records for so long. How easy is it for you to notice a sample? Very, very easy. Yeah. Yeah. And the other people would be like, that ain't no sample. And you're like, no, I've definitely played that uh, yep. original before. You know what I'm saying? So, like, back to what's next on the menu. And we go talk about this for a little longer because what's next on the menu uh, at that time is when I seen, like, Detroit coming first as a community, a hip-hop community, all together, no matter. Because it's always been a divide, right? It's been, like, you either gangster and you hustling and boiling or you, like, 
super lyrical, right? Mm-hmm. And again, like we go mention proof, he actually moved in both of those worlds. Yeah, so, big time. Yeah, like everybody knew him, right? Yep. So the first time I actually seen everybody come together, no matter what, was to listen to what's next on the menu. Like everybody used to be by that radio at Saturday at eight o'clock, right? Was it nine? It was Saturday. Yes, Saturday at nine o'clock. Well, you really, especially if you think your song will get played, you listening from eight thirty to see <laughs> what song they go play. Yeah. Like, talk about like how like you started to see the landscape of the uh, Detroit industry change during that time. It changed very little, actually. It, it it changed, but it was a small change. Yeah, it was um like from my perspective, people just wanted to hear their stuff on the radio and stop caring or didn't care enough about the business side. Right. Okay. They just cared about you know what they were. You know when they were getting played, so they can play it for and play it for their boys in the hood. Yeah, and I literally, you know, would tell people like, you got to go get, you know, you got to think about your BDS. You got to, yeah. you know, look at what's the BDS. Yeah, I just, oh my goodness, right? Because if this <laughs> song pick up from here, what yeah. if it blow? Like no, like, right, exactly. Counts. What what if it blow up and and or what if these record labels come looking for you and you have nothing to show? Right. So I distinctly remember two songs being played on What's Next on the Menu, right? It was KDZ in my hood. Yeah. And it was a uh, KA had a song like right when his partner passed. I forgot what the song was, but I think they gave y'all the wrong version. And like the first word was a cuss word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like what I was that? I forgot what that song was called, but I knew when I heard it. I forgot hood. all about that. Yeah, yeah. I like the first one. And it's crazy because I just started back working with, with KA maybe a yeah. year ago. That's yeah. crazy. Yep. And, and, like they gave the wrong version. And he said, the first couple words was like, fuck that. We still balling. Rest in peace, such and such. You know, whoever died. And I'm like, y'all put it so quick. Like, hey, you got the wrong version. <laughs> but when I heard that in my hood on uh, What's Next on the Me, like I called my brother, like, Man, that nigga KD is he out of here. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? Like that nigga is out of here. He should have been. Yeah, like he that shit. Well, I, he he he. Yeah, and we had we had KDZ like tell his side of it too, like how he felt hearing it on the radio. But like that did so much for artists' confidence. But then it took a, a couple of niggas over the like over the top too, <laughs> you know, because just hearing your song on the radio, it's like a major radio station. Yeah, and they playing like all in the all rappers that you could possibly see. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The the sad part about it is it it was going nowhere. Straight up, that was that was my uh, that was my frustration. Yeah. We kept getting so many people with music that wasn't registered. They weren't doing nothing with it. And the people that were actually doing something with the music, they didn't care about radio. Yeah. Like, I, I distinctly remember um, Hex Murder calling me. Yeah. Like, dog, I appreciate you playing Black Milk because at the time I was loving everything Black gave me. Yeah. And I ended up playing a lot of it on the radio. He was like, dog, I, I appreciate you playing it, but we don't even give a shit about radio. Yeah. <laughs> right, and then other motherfuckers calling you, begging you to get on radio. You <laughs> yeah. Know what I'm so, like, what type of position is that? Because a lot of people don't actually know DJs or hear their side of the story. Could you tell, like, what it feel like for people to try to befriend you just to get on the radio? Like, you know the shit fake. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People it's... treat the DJs. First of all, the DJ is the most important person in the game to me because they're getting the people to music. People no. don't people don't look at it like, like that anymore. It used to be the DJ, like it's Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff, like you Eric B and Rock Kim, like yeah. that the DJ is the DJ. Like it was always about the DJ yeah. way more. 
and then like they just pushed the DJ yeah. out of the group. So how that's you, how the that's how the game was. Like you had to know a DJ or be next to a DJ to even get in. Right. At first. You know what I mean? Then once the record labels came in and saw that they didn't need the DJ. So they thought. Yeah, so they thought that they didn't need the DJ. Right. But they didn't to make money. Right, yeah. right, right. You know what I mean? So they basically they they kept scooting the DJ out the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then eventually and, he gone. Yeah, eventually he gone. So it became, you know, just the rapper or rap group without a DJ. Right. And that's crazy to me. Like, I got, we got love and respect for DJs because we, like, like I said, we was so young in hip hop. We like remember it being a DJ. Then we remember it not being a DJ. Yeah. And we always just was like, the DJ is the one, man. Like, if he, whoever up there scratching and all that, <laughs> we need to talk to him. We need to be cool with yeah. them because whether they like our music or not, they're going to be like, everybody not up there. Here's you know what's, what's crazy yeah. about it is, yeah, you can you can have a and you know in the, the last what eight eight nine ten years they've been proving it. You know you can have a career without a DJ, but how long is that career going to be? Yeah, you know what I mean. DJs are the ones that still play it a certain way. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not about who plays what first. It's not about who does the best skill, you know, scratching and all that, because nobody want to hear scratching anymore. Yeah, that is. Unless it's like you definitely going to somewhere because of that. Right. So what does the DJ do? The DJ plays it a certain way. Plays it behind certain songs. Right. Or blends it with certain songs. You know what I mean? Mixtape style. That's songs. what we've yeah. been explaining. Like a real mixtape yeah. is the DJ mixing and blending right. the records, and that's how you got to know. Like Exactly, because what that creates is a vibe. Yeah. And that vibe, like you know, what I mean, you re- you will remember what room you were in. You remember what what girl you you were spitting your slob in her ear, you know, trying yeah, to get her number. Head. You know, at that point, you you will remember all of that. I still remember what my favorite song is by Brandy because I heard it at a strip club, and it's crazy because I don't even like strip clubs. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. But it just puts you back. Was in it that. full moon? Yeah, what made you say that's your favorite Brandy song? No, that's just one of her better songs, so I can imagine that (laughs) in the strip club. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because usually her music would be like super poppy, but that was like, it had like a sound to it. Like, the other one they they played in the strip club was Angel in Disguise, but yeah, it was was full moon. Yeah, so since you are a DJ, how did so you end up DJing around the world for uh, D12? Yeah, I didn't go around the world. Okay, okay. Uh, It was more like (laughs) around the. Region, yeah, yeah, but, but you got to travel. You got, to I got to travel a little bit, and yeah. then I was, I was. Is this at the height of D twelve success? Like nah, when they, when they, like right when they signed, when they okay. signed, I was their DJ. Okay, okay, and I probably did a, maybe three shows with them, and then they switched DJs. Okay, and like, did you feel a certain type of way about that, or you just understood? Nah, that? I just understood. Yeah, see, because a lot of people don't understand. It just yeah. sometimes, like my to cousin, this day, I still, you know. Like I, I every once in a while I kick it with with the nine every you know every yeah. once in a while I still I was actually DJing I mean not DJing but engineering for him at Heaven for a minute yeah because okay. no, my on. cousin used to tell us and like like bro once you sign it's go you don't get to make your decisions no more exactly you know what I'm saying he was like you could be rapping with somebody your whole life and you sign yeah. and the record label would be like. Yeah, you ain't y'all can't do no more songs together, yeah. and that's crazy. But some people get it, some people don't. And I, it was something I just automatically knew yeah. as soon as it, as soon as they signed. I, I, you know, I want to say the writing was on the wall, but I but just you, knew. You just knew what it was at the yeah. time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now you also, since we uh, mentioned production earlier, you had some uh, big production credits, right? Well, like, what's the biggest song you produced on? Biggest was um, "Beat Up on Your Pads" um, by Snoop Dogg. Yeah. 
And actually, I didn't produce. I was just like the co-producer with the nine. Yeah. So what, when you say co-producer, what do that Like mean? he did the beat. Yeah. He did the beat. He did the song. Um, I basically produced or helped orchestrate the intro and... Yeah, so um, you would I did like the scratches some, in the yeah, song. You put it together, but he the one pressed the button. Yeah, no, well, he put it together. He put this, oh. he put that, you know what I mean. He put he put the song together. I I I helped put together, like I said, the intro and and then I put scratches in it. Yeah, yeah. which was only on the beginning of the, of the song. Yeah, and that was a single too. Was that a single? Mm-hmm. Well, did nah, they have a, a video? Nah, I just remember that. Like, is that when he was first starting like his league or something? Yeah, yeah, because I remember like seeing it, hearing mm-hmm. the song like with some type of visual. So that must have been when he was. I think ESPN league. called yeah. me one day and said that they were going to use it. Yeah, I just remember seeing it somewhere. Him talking, uh, it had something to do with uh, football. What's some other production credits that you have? Uh, after that, everything is local, really. Yeah, well, <laughs> everything independent. We don't even say local. Well, no yeah, more with yeah, the yeah, internet. yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, actually, I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. I don't know why the hell I said yeah. local. So, uh, what's crazy is we we uh, you actually mixed our one of our bigger bigger records, Fanning with the money. When y'all was in that building. Oh, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And that's around the time your son was born too. That's why I thought it was oh seven. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. that was that, was that, that far know. back. Yeah. Well, I don't know when that. No, 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 no. It was a, you gotta check the timeline, no? Because he said his son about to be ten, man. Yeah, no, but that was he. I, it, no, but well, he's born in 09. Yeah, okay, nine. Yeah, okay, so nine. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, 09. Yeah, oh, that, yeah. Oh, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, Fanning with the money was made in the eighties. So yeah, yeah. I, that's what I was like. Damn, he that old? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so now that you um you still producing, uh, what you working on now? Um, I'm working on I'm I'm actually one of the top engineers at Mix Factory One. Yeah. So I'm there almost every single day. Like this is the first time that I had like two days away from there. Yeah, we appreciate you coming. Yeah, today, but, man. Oh yeah, for that. sure. Yeah. But other than that, um, I'm directing videos, um, heavy in photography, um, just be, being like I said, creative. just being being a creator. Yeah, and you uh you you have you on the jet music too, ain't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I say <laughs> that's that. the that's yeah. the east side of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, y'all just dropped the album recently, or what was it? What uh, was June it? June's flow drop one. Okay, okay. Um, Mark Cooper did all of the beats except the the title track. I did the title track. Okay, bet that's what's up. And what's the title track? Uh, Long live Jit. Yeah, see, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if y'all ain't from the D. If y'all don't know what Jitting is, just pull it up on Wait, the internet. What they call it in Chicago? Juking Juke. yeah. and footwork. Footwork, yeah. Because yeah. it's a big battle between the city and Chicago yeah. about that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's a big thing. So, do he got a, uh, you say June dropped the album. Do he he got a big presence in Chicago? Because it's, it's, it's very similar music because they really want to do I don't know how heads. big because I, I haven't been uh, to Chicago with him or I haven't talked to, any, to anybody in the Chicago scene, but um, he does um, salute. Yeah. How did the, the city scene? receive a, a JIT album in 2018? Um, I think a lot of people were surprised. Some people welcomed it. Um, I don't think I heard anything negative about it. Yeah, because niggas still want to jit on the lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah, like, what's they... crazy is I rolled up like playing playing some of the songs off the album. Um, like going to the supermarket. Yeah, and like some young kids are walking past. They don't know nothing about jit, and they probably seen their parents or somebody doing it. Yeah. They were trying to do it. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny though. But yeah, yeah, that's the testimony to like. Again, like Detroit be like so powerful in the music industry, but then like, like me and my brother, we talk about this all the time. A lot of times, like Detroit get overlooked because they let out of towners come and, and take our yeah. shit and then take it to their region. 
Yeah. Something as small as Cartier glasses. That's always been a Detroit yeah. thing. So now when you see a bunch of niggas with Cartier's on, you like, no, nah, dog, that's Detroit. Now we can't even feel like being from this region. They can't even feel like this a city thing. I ain't even from the city. I'm from Asia, but this a regional Man, Southeast Michigan thing. What's crazy <laughs> is I, I I would like for people in Detroit to get away from Cartier's because the Cartier's that are sold in Detroit are either old or not even made by Cartier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to order them off the website, like the Cartier website. Yeah, and like but that it's you not. Want them, you know yeah, what I'm but the, the, the styles that people in Detroit are wearing, yeah. they're like 10 years old, 20 years old. Right, and then a lot of people don't know that uh, that Cartier make watches and all of that. Like, yeah. it's a whole, <laughs> it's a whole it's a, other like, world. Yeah. yeah, the shades and the glasses are the least. <laughs> least yeah, that's they like, <laughs> get this shit out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it be- Dog, French people love Detroit, Michigan. Yeah. yeah. For them yeah. glasses. And then when I was at, the, the time I was at JLB, I found out that Detroit, and I don't know if it's still true today, in 2018, but uh, 10, 10, 15 years ago, Detroit was the number one selling cognac yeah, market in yeah, the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world. <laughs> the world. Not in the States. <laughs> the world. Yeah, I heard that before. <laughs> so you got a radio show that you do. Uh, week Is that weekly? Uh, on Scratch Vision? Oh, Scratch Vision. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's weekly. Every Tuesday at 9. Yeah, so. Um, what, what, I, um, what I'm doing with that show is embracing boom bap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um it's it's a, a missing void. Like and, and back to you know the radio here in Detroit. I was trying to get on 1051 since the day they started. That's oh, that, which uh, is the bounce. Is the bounce. Yeah, the bounce. Yeah. I've been trying to get on there since the day they started which is July July 1st, 2016. Yeah. I mean, like I've I've written, uh, you know, I sent them my my resume. I even walked around there because it's close by my house. Yeah. No, no, uh, no reaction, no response, none of that. Um, I got people over there that I do know, but of course I ain't getting no response from them either. But after listening for the last um, two years, they're good, but it's still a void. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's still a lot that is being missed. On that, that you know that they can be hitting on right. Yeah. Um, so I take I'm taking it upon myself to play boom bap, yeah. and it's not just old boom bap. I'm playing current stuff too. Yeah, yeah. But the current stuff, I'm I'm reaching more toward Detroit boom bap because yeah. it's a, it's an area it's an area where it can easily be uh, looked over or missed. Right. And I don't want it to go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, let's talk about what you and Name Tag got going on. Name Tag, that's a good dude. Man. Yeah. Like, I, I really rock with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I noticed that, uh, are you a partner in the label that he uh, got going on? Leading Be Legendary? Is, like, is that y'all's together? I'm not an official partner, but... Because, like, uh, matter of fact, you where I heard it first. Like, like because I didn't really know Name Tag. Yeah. And then I remember yeah. you saying something about it or posting about it. Then I... Yeah. Eventually met name tag and I'm like okay they together you know what I'm saying yeah that was that's like been two three years that's been a minute since y'all was pushing that right um uh, probably about four years four man. years so yeah, I, yeah. it was probably like two years ago because I mentioned it to him like okay DDT back at it yeah so but. it's 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 is his brainchild um I'm basically just the the uh, support section yeah you know what I mean and um, that that go a long way too man. You feel what I'm saying? Somebody supporting what somebody else do, that go a long yeah. way. Especially like with with the respect that you got in the hip hop community, plus with the respect that he got in the hip hop community. It's a good look. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I know uh there's a lot that he could be doing with it. So 
I just help them wherever I can. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. So uh, once again, we want to thank you, man, for coming out. We appreciate it, man. For sure. You always had allies in us or whatever you got going on. Uh, was he that. our first radio interview? Like well, our first big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because uh, what the fuck is they called? Because it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the zone yet. It wasn't the zone, but we had been. Uh, it was in somebody crib or some shit. Like yeah. some pirate radio. That was. Hey, shout first. out to the zone. Are they still around? I never got a chance to get on that show. Yeah, I don't know if they still. Around. I don't know if they still do that. They still do some shit online. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I don't know if they still actually up there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I think they took their shit. Because they had they show was called Too Raw. For FM. Yeah. yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And then even shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying this about them. I'm saying this about people who be on college radio and shit. Sometimes they feel like, why would I want to work with somebody who already on radio? Because you never know somebody's intentions. Because them having you, they might be like, eh, we want to be where he at. Why he want to come here? Not knowing that you really Man. in love with the music. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Not, yeah, but you are definitely our first big radio interview. Like, yeah. So we really appreciate This is like dope for us to be able to hey, interview you. <laughs> Yeah. It was my pleasure. Yeah. I, you know, my my whole time I was in radio, um, every, every time I talked about it, I was telling people all I wanted to do was help the uh, the the Detroit music uh, community get bigger or better, yeah, or and better. You yeah. know what I mean. So, how you feel about the community now today? Looking looking at it, like, did it? Is it where you wanted it to be? Hell no. What? You know, it, I mean that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I say it like that because it, I, I only only thing I can say about today's music is is that it's not made for me. Yeah, right. You know right. what I mean. It's not good or bad. I can't. It's, it's not good or bad. It, it just ain't made for me. And I, and I can't. I'm. I cannot diss it. I won't diss it ever. So, but yeah, what see, I, I do like it, about yeah. it though is like it's finally a time to me. It's you seeing a lot of people. Uh, like live their dreams on a bigger yeah. platform. Like niggas is getting deals with Empire. Niggas is getting deals with yeah. Three Hundred. It's ladies on TV from the city. Like who? Like that you seen? Like that we seen come yeah. up? You know what I'm saying? Because like he uh, subscribed to every video director in the, in city. the, in the city. So yeah. everything literally that come I, out, everybody who got a video, mm-hmm. he it come across him. So early on, he had tell me like, bro, it's a nigga such and such. Keep your eye on him, or he'd be like, uh, he'd send me, you know, he sent him to me. Then I'd be like, well, well how did this slip through the crack? He was like, I watched it. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't think nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's so much shit. So much shit. That's why I described the director instead of the artist. Because I feel yeah. like if the artist stand out to me, I'm gonna go looking for you even more. But the director, he gonna keep. That's all my YouTube subscriptions are is just directors. Detroit directors, bro. That's what's up. I'm watching the directors get better and better, and you know what I'm saying because. What I see about the Detroit rap scene right now is it's kind of exactly the same. And what I mean by that is either you still sell hustling or whatever, and you still like super lyrical, but then you got them few people like Bodie James who a perfect yeah. match for both. And then you got other people that's perfect for over here. You know what I'm saying? And to me, I'm happy because like the whole industry look like the street lords to me now. Like for back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. like, like when when people come to the D and nibble the scribble, they don't even know. Like y'all walking around looking just like the street lords, and y'all yeah. got y'all coats on. Y'all looking just like rock bottom because when y'all come to the D, this is what y'all see. Then y'all go back to such and such and steal yep. it and take it back, and y'all don't even know. Like 
that's what I said. We old and rap, but we young and age. So we was watching that. Like, so yeah. I'm happy that it developed into its own sound. Now right. people sounding like Detroit right. instead of Detroit sounding like Atlanta. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm happy about because it's finally something for them. To, a Detroit sound. Uh, a Detroit yeah. sound. Yeah. And it's, it's two good ones, too, because like. It, it's either you hip hop Detroit or you street Detroit, yeah. but it's still its own sounds. And. On the hip hop side, people nibbling the scribble, and on the street side, so that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. proud about, though, yeah. because we seen it develop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's it's very uh, it's very evident. <laughs> very, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Very, like, yeah. We used to be in Atlanta. You look up if you see somebody with some Cardi's on, some top tens. Yeah. What's up? Where you from in the D? Man, I never forget. Man, I had a D hat on. And my shit was cocked, and I had like walked to the bathroom and shit. But I'm so conscious, I'm like, dog, this nigga following me to the bathroom and shit, right? And was he, we in Florida? Or was no, that was we was in Atlanta at the club with a uh, old girl. Because when we was in Atlanta, nobody was from Atlanta. We was from Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Her roommate was from Florida, so we just she was like, we go to this club. It might be some people there. You from uh, yeah. from Atlanta and shit. So I'm like, dog, this nigga followed me to the bathroom and shit. So you know, I got like a knife and shit on me and shit. I'm like, damn, dog. <laughs> like we just got out here and shit. But the nigga came in. He said, look, dog. I just wanted to say. Yo, hat say Inkster. Nigga, I'm from Florida, but I used to live on the east side, and I played for the east side Raiders, and we used to play the Inkster Raiders, and wow. I knew you had to be from Michigan. I just had to come say something to you. You feel what I'm saying? I was like, oh, okay, yeah, because you almost got stabbed up <laughs> You feel what I'm saying? But that's like I'm saying. People knew yeah. like knew what it was, but uh, we appreciate you for coming, man, and uh, gear your socials so people can follow what you're doing and keep up to date with you. Uh, You can follow me on Inst. I have two Instagrams. Um. DJ DDT one is, is that's the number one, and uh, shot by DDT. Yes, so shot by DDT. That's for your photography and videos. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Oh, cool. Before you go, man, we mentioned your son. Tell him how cold he is on that camera, man. Man, I took him <laughs> out. Yeah, dog. I took him out yesterday, and he took. I like we took the same shot. Like I took a shot of him in front of that uh, that cause thing. Yeah. And then he took a shot in front of me. His looked better than mine. Yeah. Do he DJ? He wants to. Yeah. He just told me like early this like three o'clock this morning. Yeah. That uh he wants to he wants to DJ. Now he, he woke up and told you that? He didn't wake up. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> his ass ain't never went to sleep. <laughs> he he been up and yeah. just thought about it. Uh we appreciate you again and we looking forward to see how he turned out as a DJ. Uh you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at T C E Pod. That's T C E Pod. You can, if you want to uh, be a part of the show. P R at T C O H H dot org and I want for my brother what, what I, I want, want for myself. myself. Yeah. That was dope. So we're going to get a drop from you and then we're going to.